Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in everybody indeed. It is another episode of the podcast that's sweeping the nation. It's One Man's Opinion. Thank you, one and all, for downloading, subscribing, liking, commenting, favoriting this podcast, wherever all your favorite podcasts are found, wherever you've been downloading from. It's widely available. Uh, Thank you. I appreciate each and every one of you. Audience is growing. It's what we want to see. Obviously, I would love to make more of these episodes, um, different specialty shows. I've got a lot of ideas. So, uh, you know, keep it coming. Keep spreading the word everybody and we'll keep producing uh, these programs we are indeed brought to you by underdogfantasy.com use the promo code elite e-l-i-t-e if you want to you know if you're interested in two million dollars for playing fantasy football that's for first place second place is a cool million third place is a half a million so uh, well worth your while to draft a team on underdogfantasy.com use the promo code elite E-L-I-T. You can see when I am drafting and the entire elite mafia is drafting. You also double your deposit bonus up to a hundred bucks as well. So get in on that as well. Who am I? Did you just stumble upon this podcast? Uh, if so, these are my favorite people. I love the ones that just stumble in like, I didn't even know who you were. Love that. My name is Jeff Mans. You find me a weekday afternoon, Sirius XM fantasy sports radio. 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern, I host a show called Elite Sports, E-L-I-T, just like the promo code on Underdog, suggests every weekday afternoon. Also, the SiriusXM Fantasy Football pregame Sunday mornings before the NFL action with Bob Harris over there at SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio. Muscle part owner, chief content officer over at FantasyGuru.com. Daily seasonal sports betting football, baseball, basketball, hockey, and soccer, and MMA, and PGA, and eSports, and every kind of sport you could possibly think of. We do it all over at FantasyGuru.com. Get over there. Check it out. 2022 Fantasy Football Draft Guide. It is live, and this week, everybody, we just unveiled what I basically – when you guys hear me talk, you folks out there hear me saying things and – I am constantly working from February through July on one item as the NFL coaching breakdowns. The only place in the world that has it is fantasyguru.com. And uh, very proud of that. Been working on these for 18 years, have ramped them up and changed with the times. And I think our product this year is as good as ever new for this year. I've got a coaching cheat sheet. If you just want to impress your friends or coworkers or league mates, and you want to tell them who the defensive or offensive play caller for the Seahawks is it's on Pete Carroll, Shane Waldron, where did Shane Waldron come from? Came from the LA Rams. What kind of offense do they run? Oh, West coast offense. What about the blocking scheme? Oh, it's an outside zone scheme. Primarily. What about on defense? Oh, they Clint hurt. Oh, he runs a three, four with a cover three in the backside. Boom. It's all on one page. It's their coaching cheat sheet right there. And then if you want to know more, which hopefully you will, and you will trust me, During the season, you want to see how that outside zone fits against the the 3-4 defense of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or something like that. Then you dive in, read the rest of the coaching breakdown, volume reports, head coach, offense coordinator, 
uh, defense coordinator, every offensive position coach, uh, senior offenses assistants, general managers, player personnel directors, volume reports, personnel groupings, historical and last year and historical last 20 years. If you're Bill Belichick, most other coach, coach, only Tomlin goes back to, I think he goes back 16 years at this point. Those are two longest run, but we got 20 years worth of data on all these coaches. We could put them in charts and graphs, courtesy of my guy, Mike Horn here at fantasyguru.com as well. Uh, uh, folks, there is no other place, no matter what you may think, no matter what others may try to tell you offensive identities and all this crap that they put, nobody's got the coaching breakdowns like we do. Nobody gives you the numbers, the volume, the background, the history, the pro- and projected forward for your matchup, players that fit, players that don't fit the systems and schemes, all of that exclusively at fantasyguru.com. Those are live on the site right now. Offensive line breakdowns, thousands of rankings and projections, and two quarterback, which is what we'll talk about a lot on the show today, overall rankings, half point, full point. Standard league formats, rookie rankings, dynasty rankings, basketball rankings. Uh, I mean, player outlooks. There's everything over at fantasyguru.com. And uh, if you get the all-in package over there, remember you get your ticket. All of our all-in packages comes along with the ticket to fantasy football training camp, August 19th, another exclusive event on fantasyguru.com. Now, you don't have to be in attendance for the full 24-hour seminar and conference where we're going to be given an uh, X's and O breakdowns. We'll talk about those coaching systems, offensive lines, dynasty, best ball uh, draft strategies, questions and answers, all these types of things. You don't have to be, because if you have your ticket there, you can watch it over the weekends. So you don't have to be there on the 19th. It will live on the site, but you'll only have access. If you're an all in subscriber, also elite mafia fantasy football championship, all summer long after August 19th, we will be drafting over at rtsports.com. All of our leagues, it's a free entry for everybody that attends the training camp or everybody who's an all-in subscriber. And you come in and draft against all of us at fantasyguru.com. Draft against each other. We got prizes and league winners and all the great stuff. So you have a great time all season long in a bonus league for you over there. You follow me at Jeff underscore Mans. On the old Twitter machine, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. TikTok, strongly recommend it, even if you haven't tried it out yet. It's not all just dances and kitty bop crap. No, it's uh, 100% tons of fantasy analysis. A lot of people doing that as well. And uh, I'd like to think I'm at the forefront of it, right? I, I'm doing player profiles, the Jeff Mans on TikTok every weekday, every weekend, every damn day right? That I'm doing that, putting it all together, discussing things you knew, things you don't know about each of these top players. I think I'm about 11, almost the first round in as well. We'll do it all summer long exclusively on my TikTok, the Jeff Mans. Check it out over there. All right. We got a lot to discuss. No guests today. So it truly will be one man's opinion. Episode 119. A lot of fantasy talk. I'm going to go over a draft that I'm in the middle of Scott Fishbowl. You may have heard of it. Very famous league benefits, fantasy cares.net a very important uh, charity that benefits underprivileged kids. 
around Christmas time and give some toys and toys for tots. And I love that Scott fish is the lead of this. He set this all up years ago. I am very proud to be a part of this league for at least six, seven years now and running. It's a great league and it's got a lot of nuance to it. Very different, right? Where you've got, it's a two quarterback league. It's a tight end premium league. It's a third run reversal league. It's a first downs count league. It's a passing efficiency, meaning you get points for every completion half point, but you get minus a point for every incompletion. So that matter, you know, it's a lot of little wrinkles here, which is important to know your league rules and your league setups. So, you know, check that out. If you are, if you're in it, I'll go through my team. I'm not that far. My draft is one of the slowest there is. I think we're five rounds in at this point. So I'll take you through my thoughts. I also want to talk today about two quarterback leagues in general. I think because of the vast growth of Superflex, that's where you can use a quarterback as a flex play and two quarterback leagues in general. We need to talk about it because not enough time is spent on it. There's plenty of time spent around the fantasy football industry talking about it. Plenty of time advocating for two quarterback leagues, stomping for it, saying how great they are, getting you all to sign up for them. But my God, it's like they they let you sign up for it, say, oh yeah, you got to play in two. Oh, you got to play two QB. You got to play super fun. You got it. You got it. You got it. Okay, great. Now what? Nobody knows what the hell to do. By the way, this podcast is uncensored. It, I will use dirty language, so make sure you have the AirPods or earbuds or headphones on or you're in the car, not around children or sensitive people. With that, I will say a lot of curse words because uh, I'm about to right now. So I'm giving you the time to make sure everybody is free because most people, sadly enough, I will say over 50% that do 2QB or Superflex League don't know what the fuck they're doing. They had no fucking idea. So that's what we're going to solve that problem. We're solving the two QB problem today. I'll talk about that. I'll dive into some of my favorite quarterback pairings as well. I'll talk about the difference between a regular two super flex league versus a league, a best ball format, which you're drafting multiple quarterbacks in that league set up as well, like an underdog. I'll talk about the differences with the QB pairings there as well so we got that on tap i'll talk about my current draft we've got news going on across the national football league as well baker mayfield uh, traded officially since we recorded the last podcast you guys are liking that pot that sandra podcast a shout out to my guy only sandra on twitter and producer at sirius xm we had a great time recording that one thank you guys for being so uh nice with that one no we didn't talk a lot of fantasy on that episode. And um, that's the thing. I want you to learn something. I think we did. We talked about the birthdays and, and uh, different and what he thinks working with me. I think that's beneficial to some of you. Some of these are going to be hardcore fantasy football and fantasy sports in general. Some are going to be more life stuff, which we'll have some of that in today's episode. So it's always going to be a balance. Uh, and I appreciate you guys and your understanding in that. So, um, you know, go back and listen if you didn't hear episode 118 with Sandro and Nello there. But Baker Mayfield gets traded this past week. Uh, I'm not going to talk about the Nikhil Harry trade because who gives a shit, right? Nikhil Harry, fifth ride receiver for the Bears, big deal, seventh round pick. You know, worth noting, being aware of where he is, he's got a shot 
to make the team with the Bears and 6'4, 225. Hell, why not? Right? Worth a shot. But Baker Mayfield in Carolina does something, and it leads into what we're going to talk about a lot with the two quarterback leagues in Scott Fishbowl and all these other ones is that there are officially two jobs available this summer at the quarterback position. Now I come from a day and age where there were 10, 15 quarterback competitions going into it. You may think not, but that's the way it was nineties and the early two thousands. Like there were a lot of quarterback jobs that were up for grabs. You had to compete and coaches back in those days. There wasn't, even though quarterbacks were well-paid, even back then, they weren't so overly overpaid, $40 million that we're seeing now, that they'd pull their ass. They wouldn't even look back. They wouldn't give a shit. Coaches used to pull quarterbacks all the time. They didn't produce, fuck it, you're out. So there was always that stigma that the backup could come in. There are two jobs right now that are really available. Now, Carolina says the job's available, and I modestly believe, I believe that the spirit that there will be a competition, but this is Baker Mayfield's job, even though they didn't pay a price. Baker will have to perform. He'll have to show he's healthy. He's clearly better than Sam Darnold, though, and that just speaks more how bad Darnold is than how great Baker Mayfield is, but he'll win that job. In Pittsburgh, it's going to be Trubisky to start the season with Kenny Pickett. As soon as Trubisky screws up, Pickett is laying in wait. To me, that's not that's a competition, but it's not going to be that big unless Trubisky just stinks it up. So technically, Pickett has a chance. And then Seattle. Seattle's the only other job. And by the way, there's a lot of rumors as of today when I'm recording this about Jimmy Garoppolo going to Seattle. That may be a done deal. They're just trying to see that may be why Seattle held on all this time. Anyway, they've gotten a chance to see Jimmy Garoppolo over the last few years. And so they're, they just are laying in wait as well. And they they know as soon as he's healthy, 49ers and Seattle have a deal worked out. I wouldn't doubt in the least if that has already been established because to stick with Geno Smith and Drew Locke is absurd. Like it really, with all these other quarterbacks in the draft, all these quarterbacks in free agency and trade market to just act like you don't give a shit is bizarre. It's one thing that if you're in and you lost out, but I don't know. I, I don't think that, uh, I, I, I just don't buy it. It's the one thing about the Garoppolo to Seattle thing. If there's any pause that I have, it is that I, I'm curious why Seattle would want Garoppolo because they've seen him a lot. Now th- you may think, Oh, well, they see him a lot. Obviously they like him. Well, he's, he's one in five against them. Career wise, 64% completion, five to five touch on interception ratio, 85.4 quarterback rating, 183 yards per game. Is that, do you think they're really that impressed or do they know exactly what they're getting? I mean, it, maybe they know how to bust them down. So they're not that worried about it, but it's interesting at the very least, right? With Garoppolo to Seattle, but Baker Baker's going to be able to wake up these wide receivers. You've got DJ Moore, one of the most efficient, steady wide receivers in the game. DJ Moore is the new Brandon cooks, isn't he? Where all DJ Moore does is haul in a ton of targets, All he does is catch a lot of passes every single year. All he does is 
doesn't catch a lot of touchdowns. He catches four a year. He's caught four touchdowns each of the last three seasons. So, and he's had between 1157 and 1193 receiving yards in that time as well. So, I mean, that's what's what cooks that you can set your watch on. But I think it's a great get for Carolina. Great buy low opportunity. They paid a fifth round pick. No big deal. And you have more. You have Robbie Anderson, which I think that he's kind of going cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And then you have my guy, Terrace Marshall, who I'm buying in heavily on this season and in Dynasty Leagues. And I'm pretty damn sure Terrace Marshall is going to pop in 2022 for the Panthers and especially with Baker Mayfield. So I'm, I'm digging it. You know, I, I think there's a lot of upside here with uh, the Baker Mayfield deal. And that, that means, so what this all means is that when you're looking at two quarterback leagues, what are we doing about why are we overdrafting all the QBs? Right. We're, Making such an emphasis, I gotta get, I gotta get a quarterback, gotta get a quarterback, gotta get a quarterback, and it starts really caving in the strategy, the idea that you're not missing out. Like if you're in a 12 team league and it's a super flex, number one, I've got to just let's address the elephant in the room. You don't have to start a quarterback, you dumb fucks, fucking idiots out there. That I mean, you, I, I see some of the most spectacularly stupid ass shit when it comes to two QB and super flex leagues. I mean, honest to God, I'm not kidding. There was a, um, a guy last year. I won't say his name. Uh, in the, I was in an expert, two QB expert league. Okay. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to go there, but, um, Whatever the fact, every matchup against, I felt like I played this guy four times in the regular season and shit. They had a really good team. All right. But I, he had a really good team and I, I know he didn't win the league. I think he got bounced in the playoffs. Uh, I actually did not make the playoffs in this league uh, either. I just missed out on it, and, but they were um, constantly starting um, Ben Roethlisberger as a second quarterback. And I had a two QB league and I, I think it was my HOFL league. I had him as the, uh, uh, as my quarterback too. And I was not that interested. Right. So, um, not interested in that. I was kind of, you know, blase about it. Uh, you're starting Ben Roethlisberger yet every single week, this guy was benching, um, uh, he was benching, uh, uh, I'm, I'm totally blanking on the name. Goddamn. Uh, fuck. Forget. Oh, Kirk, Christian Kirk of the Cardinals. And instead going with Roethlisberger, it's like for the season, you know, Christian Kirk outscored Roethlisberger. He had like 0. 0.2 or 0. 0.4 less points per game than Ben Roethlisberger last year. And over the f- the final eight weeks of the season, the whole second half of the season, Kirk outscored Ben Roethlisberger six of the eight weeks. It just was like, why? And I, I thought to myself that why are you forcing a, res- why are you forcing a quarterback in there? Like, 
It's so weird. And it's the same phenomenon in Scott Fishbowl and in any super flex draft that I've ever done, including the HOFL league, which by the way, is back for a season two. I will be uh, running the Las Vegas pocket Kings. Once again, very excited about that as well. So, um, but it's it, two quarterback or super flex. So what happens is it super flex was created to create a strategy to create a different type of league to help us be different, different drafting strategies. It, it was created to put an emphasis because everybody, we just waited on quarterbacks. Why did we wait on quarterbacks in a one QB league and, and industry leagues and even your home leagues at this point, nobody drafts a quarterback before round five. Allen and Mahomes will go before that, but those are always the guy, you know, weirdos that do that for the most part. And then most will choose their quarterback from rounds five through eight. Some will wait till nine, 10 and no, and nothing will be, it won't be that big of a difference. It just won't be, it won't hurt you that much. A couple points per week. But meanwhile, you're sacrificing a ton of, you know, you would be sacrificing a ton of, running back and wide receiver points that add up very fastly to much bigger than your couple of points per week. So we created two quarterbacks. Say, all right, now you got to figure it out when you're going to put an emphasis on it. All right. Now you got to draft one of the main guys. It puts more of an emphasis on that second, third tier. That's what it was created for, but that's not how you, most of you draft. Most of you are all drafting and just saying it's a quarterback round. The first two rounds are just quarterback, no matter what. And I know that because the fishbowl where some of the, the, the quarterbacks are going off the board. You guys are fucking insane. I mean, you're legitimately not well. You don't have to take quarter guys. The first round, first two rounds, these, these rounds are for you to draft great players or players with the opportunity to be great. No way should you be drafting Brady cousins fucking Kyler Murray, even though I'll give you Kyler Murray because of the Russian ability, even though he won't do it over a full season, Russell Wilson's not going to put up, like he's going to put up good numbers, not like unbelievable. Like I don't know what you're doing, but yet these are first round picks constantly and, and or second round picks the very worst. And I know that nine of the 12 teams in my Scott fishbowl, draft did the um they, they went into their draft saying i gotta take a quarterback quarterback well if nine people are doing that you're basically and let's say you have the fifth or sixth pick you are declaring i will get quarterback five and quarterback 14 okay is it and by the way like and if you look at fantasy common my tiering of quarterbacks i have clearly mahomes allen herbert burrow and hurts that's my tier one in a uh in, in a two quarterback or super flex league that's that's my clear like tier 1a i, I call it and by the way, I've got a two quarterback chart exclusively over fantasyguru.com as well, just to help you. And in what my two QB chart does is I tear up all the, uh, I tear up because it's sad, tear up all the quarterbacks and section them off. I have the, the first tier 
is broken into tier one A, one B, and one C. What that means is though they're all starting calibers, dependent starting caliber quarterbacks. There's 13. 13 that I will be very comfortable and confident can lead my team as the every week in the QB slot. Okay. And yeah, A, if you go premium, that's Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, Burrow, Hurts. So, and then, you know, Lamar, Stafford, Dak, Murray in tier B, and then Brady, Wilson, Carr, and Rogers in tier C. Then I have the 2A and 2B bracket or tiering. And in there, I've got another 13 quarterbacks. I'm comfortable and confident, no problem putting in my super flex spot the majority of weeks. Remember, I want to draft a team that also – I, w- I would love to have a breakout receiver or a uh, breakout running back and start them as a super flex every week. I have no problem with that. And that's where you guys, your lot of you, and I don't mean to undercut and, and throw you all in the same realm, but what you, you all don't realize is as much as Allen Herbert Mahomes, these guys average 23, 24, 25 points per week. Once you get beyond that, you start getting down to Cousins and Tannehill and Wentz and Russ. And now you're talking about 15 points a week, right? When you get into the 15 points a week category, and Scott Fishbowl, nobody's paying attention because they're also taking rushing quarterbacks like Trey Lance in the second round. Um, while you get my – you get plus one half a point for every completion. You get minus one whole point for every incompletion. So obviously if you're at 50% or 57, 55% completion percentage, you're losing points, right? You're, you are losing points on that deal. <laughs> so the rushing yards isn't going to do shit for you because you're, you're taking away all your rushing yards or starting to take away your rushing yards. So, you know, again, it, so, when you're talking about 15 points a game, like there were breakout guys last year, uh, Mike Williams, Hunter Renfro, Jalen Waddle, Michael Pittman, fucking Tyler Lockett, fucking the piece of shit, Cordell Patterson, Brandon Cooks, right? The, the, Darnell Mooney. Ugh. They did that. They all did that. Damian Harris. They all, Adam Thielen, when he was, healthy, you know, 13 out of 17 games, they average over 15 points a game. They're as good as your second tier quarterback. And you're getting those type of players super late even. And they're the same. So why are, don't put a premium on this, the, the second third tier quarterbacks put an emphasis on the great ones. Sure. And in fact, any one of the top 13, if you want to make either your first or second pick, I'm fine with that. I would strongly suggest that for me, tier 1B and 1C go in the second round, best of whoever's there. That would be fine with me. It's when you take tier 2 and tier 2B, 2A and 2B, which are really tier 3 and 4 if you think about it. If you take it's taking those guys, Trevor Lawrence, Tua, Matt Ryan, Cousins, you start taking these guys in round two or even round one, and it's like you gotta look at your fucking head. You really do. It's it's just a bad setup. You guys overdraft quarterbacks. 
just because they say that, you know, I, if I, here's the thing, a trick, here's a a psychology trick for fantasy football players that I use every year. I'm going, instead of anytime there's a super flex league, don't ever tell anybody super flex or two QB, tell them it's a two running back league. Yeah. You have to start two of those two dumb sticks. Yeah. Two quarter. Oh, it's a three wide receiver league. Oh shit. When you say it's that, when you, the title of your league is three wide receiver league, two running back league. All of a sudden you're like, Oh, I gotta get one. Huh? It's the two QB billing that fucks your mind up. You think, Oh my God, I have to get them. Uh, and it's not one. I have to get, I have to get both. So in my two QB chart over at fantasyguru.com. Um, I all I tell I break it up into tiers. I give you the ADP for each quarterback in a one QB league. I also give you the bye week and the teams. I also give you the ADP in a two quarterback league, which is very very hard to find. All right, especially reputable two QB leagues. It takes manual work for me, but I do it every single week and update it. And then I also tell you how to pair your quarterbacks. And I think that that's the most important part of the chart and and why I created this. So you don't overdraft. So for instance, in our Scott fishbowl league in my Scott fishbowl league, I had the fourth spot, 12 team league. It's two quarterback. It's tight end premium. So of course everybody has to check a fucking, a fucking quarterback. Josh Allen goes first. Jonathan Taylor went second. I was impressed. I was going to take Taylor at four, no question even about it. Not even a, not even a thought. I was going to take him if he was there at four, which I expected him to be because everybody's going Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, and Patrick Mahomes, no doubt about it. So Taylor going there opened things up. Justin Herbert went third. That left me with a choice between Patrick Mahomes or Cooper Cup in um, that fourth slot. I went Patrick Mahomes. Um, he is my top quarterback, especially in an efficiency a scoring system like the Scott Fishbowl, where you get you need 66% or higher, really 65% or higher to make an impact in the completions and the first downs department on top of the yards. It's nice to have running ability, which Mahomes does. And we get all that with Mahomes, which is why he's my number one. And so I went that route. So I'm like, all right, I lock it up. Cool. I don't know why, but Lamar Jackson goes next. Kyler Murray next. It's you can tell people don't read rules. They just like, oh, we're gonna. It's two QBs. I gotta get the next best one, and they act like the rushing ability is a bigger impact in this league, which it's not. It's not as big. It's big. Listen, running running quarterbacks always good, but not when you could get negative points for shitty pit throwing. Joe uh, Joe Burrow goes seventh. Dak Prescott eight. Ugh. Travis Kelsey nine, which I get in this league format. It's an extra half point for tight end first downs. It's an extra half point for tight end receptions. So two big keys. I like the Kelsey pick at nine overall. No problem. Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Jalen hurts the next three. So 10 QBs in round one. Holy shit. Well, the good thing I'm sitting there at four. I'm like, Oh, apps. This is freaking great because I got the best quarterback in my opinion, this format. And let's say just one of the top tier and not another running back or wide receiver went off the board, the whole rest of round one. 
So coming back around two, I know I have the ninth pick. Like worst case scenario, I get nine mixes of running backs, receivers, and I know some quarterbacks are going to go off the board too. So I, I'm I'm looking at some good players coming back in that second round. And that's exactly what happened. Stafford. So the guy on the wheel goes Harris and Stafford. First two picks way over drafting your quarterback position. Najee Harris, Christian McCaffrey, Derek Henry go off the board. I, I'm sweating a little bit, even though I'm like, all right, I'm not going to take Henry. And I wasn't going to take McCaffrey most likely, even though I probably would have come to think of if he was there. And then what, and I'm kind of worried because I got five picks to go. Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins. Like, wow. Wow. Uh, Wow. Everyone overdrafted a quarterback. Every one of those teams that took Rodgers, Carr, and Cousins had a quarterback in the first round as well. Again, they just fell victim to the same routine. Have to overdraft quarterbacks because they say it's a two-quarterback league. Mark Andrews went next, which amazingly, I got Cooper Cup. Second round, ninth pick. First receiver off the board. Absolutely ridiculous. That's just ridiculous. And so, again, Trey Lance went right after me, which I, I fell out of my chair. All right, Tua also went. Tua went first pick of the third round. So, you know, then in the third round, nobody took – I want Aaron Jones. Uh, nobody took a quarterback. The rest of that, even though – my des- I thought I was going to get Kyle Pitts. That's who I really wanted with my second round pick, and but I couldn't pass up Cooper Cup. It was just impossible to do so in this format. Kyle Pitts went uh, with the uh, it was a uh, actually come to think of it, it was a third round reversal. So I read this wrong. Um, it went to their um, Jamar Chase actually went for the first pick. So that Tua pick was actually twelfth in the third round. So yeah, I read the board wrong, and Kyle Pitts went. Um, before I got a chance in the third round. So I came back and Tua was still on the board. Matt Ryan was still on the board. I'm not, I was, this is where people like, I have to take a quarterback. No fucking way for me. I'm taking a premium running back, a receiver. And there was tons of receivers up until that point, only four receivers. And I got one of them cup Jefferson, Chase and Adams were off the board. I could add anybody else I wanted. There were 10 running backs off the board. I think at that point, with Saquon and Swift, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, all being some of them, and I don't have any of them in my top 10. The pisser was Javante Williams and Joe Mixon going off the board. Two picks and, or uh, yeah, three picks and two picks before me, respectively. I wanted one of those as a running back. I wound up with Aaron Jones as uh, my first running back. I've got him seventh. Uh, he went RB 11 here. He was the best guy on my board. I like the upside there, but notice no quarterbacks and come back around in the fourth round. I had the fourth pick. And again, Stefan Diggs and Tyree kill go off the board. Dalton Schultz goes off the board. Eek Camara, despite the suspension goes off the board. Leonard Fournette goes off the board, but I'm sitting there with my number five wide receiver, Debo Samuel, who I took, who could be the number one player in fantasy football. So I start out in Mahomes. Cup, Aaron Jones, Debo Samuel. I'm absolutely in heaven. And everybody else trying to still scramble and more people adding quarterbacks. Justin Fields, 
Matt Ryan, Trevor Lawrence, I'll go off the board. I come back in the fifth. I don't like the pick, but it's a stable secondary running back. It's the 20th running back off the board, David Montgomery. I've got him higher over at fantasyguru.com. So that was my fifth round pick. It's a boring selection. I'll give you, but it, a necessary one for me at that time as well. And then in the sixth round, as it came back, it, Tannehill goes off the board. That's when I decided to pull the trigger on the second quarterback. Okay. And I want Jameis Winston for me. Jameis Winston is a two a tier quarterback on my two quarterback chart over fantasyguru.com. When you get a Patrick Mahomes, you don't have to take another quarterback until the 2B tier. And that's Baker Mayfield, Trey Lance, who's already off the board. Justin Fields, already off the board. Um, Marcus Mariota, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz. That's where you have to go. However, it was the only two of the 2A tier guys that were left for me were Jameis Winston and Daniel Jones. And three of the teams the other teams that need a second quarterback all were have two picks before i select again so getting an opportunity here knowing that those other quarterbacks could off off the board it's gamesmanship but there's so many wide receivers it's unbelievable mclaurin aj brown oh no aj brown t higgins all these wideouts that i love Cortland sutton they're they're still lingering around um i said it's locking that quarterback, Jameis Winston, 14 to three touchdown interception ratio. Uh, Pete Carmichael, I've talked about him in my coaching breakdowns with the Saints, a fantastic play caller. Now the Sean Payton's gone. Carmichael gets to shine and he loves throwing the football and they're going to be without Camara for a while. So you're, and you brought in Olave, Jarvis Landry, and you get Michael Thomas back. Jameis looked damn good last year in that Saints offense without either one of those three wide receivers. So getting those weapons and have a Camara for 11 games, pretty damn good, pretty damn good. So that's where I'm at. I went with that second quarterback, 21st quarterback off the board. Again, for me, 21st quarterback is well into the two B tier. I get a two A guy. I'm at a plus in that position as well. So that's where I stand through six rounds of the Scott fishbowl draft. That was my mentality. It's so important to not draft. So just to keep going on the two quarterback chart over at fantasyguru.com. So if you have one of the top five guys, you, you don't have to draft another one until you go to the two B category, by the way. So here's the thing. If you want, if you're a numbers person and like math and, and you, that's what you're going with. Think of it like this 40 points per game. If you go 40 points per game out of your two quarterback slots, assuming you're going to go quarterback, by the way, don't even say quarterback, just say quarterback and super flex spot. Cause you may, you can build if everybody else is going with these quarterbacks, the, the mediocre, the, the QB 12, when 21 quarterbacks are off the board in five rounds, obviously, you know, that, not all of them are going to be top 12 guys. Only 12 of them could be. And chances are there's always two or three drafted from 15 to 24, uh, the as quarterback position in a draft that end up top 12 anyway. So there's a good chance of the 21 quarterbacks, nine of them only make it in the top 12, even maybe 10, 
So there's a lot of garbage being drafted. So why not just get, meanwhile, there's secure things like real safe Stefan Diggs and obviously Cooper cup and Debo who I got Tyreek was a huge ceiling. Go get all them that way later on the draft. When you're drafting backup running backs, receivers, you have an opportunity to get a breakout player that breakout player chance. They're going to be a lot better than your second quarterback, your shitty second quarterback that you plugged into there. Yeah. For me, I'm doing both. I got a second quarterback. Why I believe you read the coaching breakdowns as to what will be has a very good chance of being a top 12 guy, by the way, I've got him 15th overall on my board. So I, I drafted that, but I'm also, I, I got two of my three receiver spots filled. And I got my two running back spots filled too. Now I get to, if I hit on another running back and there's players that I'm targeting and eyeballing for sure. And there's a ton of receivers out there. All of a sudden, if Winston for some reason were to fail, all right, well, one of my next couple receivers from a huge player pool, all I need is one of them to average 15 plus points a game. And I'm golden because 40 points per game is what you're targeting out of those two spots. And you can do it with quarterbacks, 20 and 20. But for me, getting Mahomes 25 points per week. So he's average over the last three years of starting quarterback. So I only need 15. That's all I need. A couple extra wouldn't hurt. And if Winston pops, he pops. But if he doesn't, he's going to be 15. Right? And if not, he totally implodes. I start another receiver or a back, whoever I hit on, in that super flex spot. No problem. 15 points a game. So, you know, that's what I'm doing. I know you guys think you're, I'm going to go two quarterbacks, you're going to 25 piece, I'll go 50 points a game. No, you're not. You're just not. No, you're not. And especially not when you're in a league like this where everybody thinks it's basically round one and two is it's a quarterback draft. That's all you do, like the fucking AAF or USFL or something, XFL, right? So that that's the breakdown. That's why I have the two, the one A tier paired with the two B tier on my coach and my two quarterback chart. My one B tier of quarterback gets paired with two A. See how I did that? Moving up a little bit. My one C tier, guess what? They get paired with one C. Yes. Do you see? They get paired with each other. Why? Because you're low, you're lowering that first one, but you're, you're maintaining that steady level, that projected 40 plus points a game level. That's what we're looking for. Okay. So you don't want to blow the quarterback position completely, but you don't need to oversaturate it either because you're just not going to get that production that you think much like getting the one sure thing and then drafting another one later while you got these other positions filled. That's what you do. Again, check it out. Fantasyguru.com is the place to be. But if you are uh, if you're on the, the, the ledge and not sure if you want to be VIP platinum, where you get daily fantasy and our NFL betting all season long as well. Or if you're gonna go for the all-in package, I got a promo code. If you want to use radio 20, get you 20% off the all-in package or the VIP platinum. It's a huge saving. For those of you who want to get in on that, it's only notice I dropped that in the middle because uh, you guys got to listen, right? 
Um, so that's a two QB. That's the what, you know, and for me, the ideal pairings, uh, Mahomes and Daniel Jones is an ideal pairing. Now I went, I did go Winston over Daniel Jones. I could have had him. And that was a sort of a tough decision. I've got Winston two spots ahead of Jones. So, but what I, I think Winston's a lot more secure, even though he's coming off an injury in the saints offense than Daniel Jones is. I think most of you would agree with that for obvious reasons. The reason I would love Mahomes with Daniel Jones is you get the safe, stable, solid, secure, known guy in Mahomes. And then you got the wild card. There's a lot to like about Daniel Jones this year with Brian DeBall. He's the offense coordinator from the Buffalo Bills. He's the new head coach of the New York Giants. He is the one that saved and changed Josh Allen's career. He taught him to shorten up his throwing motion. He taught him to have less of a step, uh, a drop back. And he also taught him, he gave him high percentage routes to throw to with a lot of wide receivers spreading the field. He's doing the exact same offense, exact same way in New York. And if you look at Josh Allen, Daniel Jones, side by side, they're very similar. Josh Allen, a little bit better built, but both, but Daniel Jones, a little faster. They're both mobile quarterbacks that will run one with a little more speed, one with a little more power. Daniel Jones, a little more polished passer than Josh Allen was two years ago. So that's a lot of upside. Especially with look at all the receivers the Giants get, and they improved their offense line, and they got Saquon Barkley in the backfield. Uh, um, Sterling Shepard, Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony, Wandale Robinson. It's a lot. So I like so you get a wild card in Daniel Jones, but a mobile one. So I, I like that. My second favorite, Jalen Hurts and Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, old and boring, but very stable. I love him in the Indianapolis offense run first, but he'll be able to make all the throws, deliver the football on time and efficiently. But then you got the mobile sort of wild card guy at the top and Jalen hurts. Derek Carr, Tua Tagliavoa. Carr, very safe, secure to a sort of a wild card. A lot of upside in Mike McDaniel's offense. Same thing. Look at all the weapons they got short, quick pass RPOs. Tua will be able if he wants to run the football a lot more this year than he has the last two. So you, you see how I'm blending earlier round quarterbacks or later round quarterbacks with either starting out ideally first that early round quarterback. That's a safe, stable, secure player that we know we could trust with a bit of a wild card and some upside. And that's most of it. And then Jalen hurts. He's a little bit more of a wild card and you get the boring stable guy. At the second with Matt Ryan. That's the way you do it. You don't, don't overdraft your quarterbacks. That's just, my God, you guys do this. And it drives me bananas. It's a terrible way of drafting. And it doesn't get, no, you get away with it. The only reason some of you get away with it is because you're in leagues that where everybody does it the same way and that your two quarterbacks just wind up hitting. And theirs obviously don't. And that's why, but the, the strategy is a flawed one and a bad one. All right. So there you go. Uh, oh, let's, uh, by the way, I am recording this on my birthday um, here on a little Wednesday afternoon. Um, 
so yeah, uh, my birthday, I did want to talk about this. I'll get into some other news around the National Football League as well. But uh, we'll talk about birthdays a little bit, just because it's rare that I'm going to record this on a birthday. I don't talk about it. I don't like birthdays. It's not that I don't like it. My family thinks I don't like it. It's nothing to do with that. It's that I didn't celebrate birthday growing up. I keep, I was the youngest of five. You guys go back, list the previous episodes about my family and everything like that. It just, they didn't do it. I didn't have birthday parties. Never even was really talked about. Right. And no, I wasn't adopted. They always wish me a happy birthday. I don't mean to paint my parents or family in that light, but it's just, you know, my brothers and sisters were like teenagers and in their early twenties out drinking, boozing, doing drugs, you know, whatever the fuck they were doing back in those days. No, there was no like, Oh, let's have a birthday party. No, my first birthday party. And I had a summer birthday. So in, in school, it was never talked about either. And back then, you know, now my son's got a summer birthday as well, but they, Oh, let's say happy birthday to the people in the summer. They never did that back in the day. You just got fucked over as a summer birthday. So literally no friends, no like parties, no kid parties, nothing. That never happened. And then if I was 13 years old. And the only reason we did that is because we were moving from one side of town, finally get out of the shit neighborhood to the, uh, going to the nice suburbs um, when I was 13. And we, so we had a party there. My brother, I've told the story many times, gave me a card and said, you asshole. And you open it up. Happy birthday, you asshole. Giant letters. He didn't write it. It was part of the card. He got it like a 7-Eleven. It was hilarious. I still have the card to this day. Um, laughed my ass off at that. But it was, it was a unique experience having like a birthday party, celebrating a birthday. So that's sort of one of the reasons I just, Honestly, even this one, I didn't even think about it in the days. Like last night, I was up doing work, and it wasn't till like I'm doing my show plan for SiriusXM, and I type in the date in July 13th. I'm like, oh shit, my birthday. Um, I, so I, I think that's that. Um, that's so that's my background. It's not a big deal, and it's I, I think that I guess I'll say it is. I think some of you make too much too big a deal out of your birthday. It's not that big a deal. You were born on the day. That's cool. Celebrate, go out to dinner, do your thing. But one of the things, and it even bothers me, even my own wife, who I love dearly more than anything in this world, uh, is that she, and she pretends not to, but she does. She has ex, there's an expectation. You, you, people expect you to be like treated like royalty because it's your fucking birthday. And my, and I think that really comes back down to like when we were kids or when our kids, like I, we, my daughters and my son, we celebrate the birthday. My son's been screwed over because of summer birthdays and COVID and as a youngster. So hopefully he'll turn out right. But just, and if you're a kid, fine. Up until your 18th birthday, once you hit your 18th birthday, guys, stop celebrating your fucking birthdays like your children. Women stop and pretending like the whole world, you need fucking diamonds and big nights out because your birthday. I understand that you were raised that way probably, but also know that many of us were not. And that when you get into a situation where somebody you didn't barely even talk to, it was your birthday versus it was a national fucking holiday. It creates like a lot of uneasiness. And that was something I had to get used to when dating my wife and marriage and all. I'm like, and even the kids. I'm like, Why, what are we doing all this for? What the fuck are we doing? I didn't understand any of it. 
and you know, it still, you know, boggles my mind. Right. Yeah, it really does. Um, so yeah, that, that's my thoughts on, uh, on the birthday. And I think adults, like adults celebrate. It's one thing. If you turn 30, 40, 21, those are big 50. Ooh, I'm approaching that shit. That's scary to think of. That's a big day though. Fine. Hit the highlights, but you're turned 44. Who gives a shit? I mean, seriously, like, yeah, be nice. Go out to, you know, get a present. Absolutely. But my God, um, it is wild to think that the expectations for grown adults have 28. Where's my huge cake? Where's my, I should, I thought we we're going to Maui for my birthday this year. I thought we we're going on a cruise. Get, get the fuck over yourselves on that. It's not that big a deal. You're born that day. Congratulations. That's all it really signifies. All right. So, uh, yeah, I just, I'll throw that out there. I I think that um, I enjoy it. Uh, I know a lot of you, a lot of listeners and people that follow me um, have reached out. And I will say, as much as I say, don't overdo it, it does mean a lot to me. It does. It really does mean a lot. I will make sure I favorite or um, comment back to you as much as I can to everybody who reached out. You know, that's, I think that's a kind thing to do. Saying happy birthday to somebody. Uh, Those are the things, but, Remember that in your day-to-day regular lives too. That's really what matters. The most important thing to me is that somebody, hey, man, happy birthday. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't need a fucking party or a trip or a huge gift or any kind. I don't even need a gift. I think the acknowledgement is pretty cool. Hey, man, gotcha. It's cool. That, that's what really matters. It matters when it's not your birthday. Reaching out to friends. Relatives, I've got several friends that I only talk to or text with even anymore, only on our respective birthdays. And it's kind of sad in a lot of ways. You know, where it would mean a lot more if they reached out. And to my detriment, if I reached out, I'm sure, when it's not their birthday, right? Just means a lot. That that those simple interactions are what matters. Whereas the pomp and circumstance and the expectations that some of us have are just so, so outlandish that it's uh, it, it just gets really crazy. So um, that's it on the birthday thing. Uh, just little pappy's tips for you all out there to rein in your expectations and all that. Other things. Oh, um, I wanted to talk about. I want to talk about Matthew Barry for a moment. I don't get to talk about Matt Barry very much uh you know he is the unspoken king of fantasy sports and he announced the other day that he's leaving espn after shoot 17 years i believe it is or whatever it's been forever basically since i've been in the industry he's been espn i one of the reasons i wanted to get into the industry was because he had just sold the talented mr roto to espn and i thought oh i can do that i came in to the fantasy sports industry targeting Matt Barry. Like I thought I was better. I better because I made a better call. And I'm sure there's a lot of you out there. I've seen this happen in my career where now most of you probably think you're better than me. And probably most of you are um, because you made a, you know, 
a better call or you weren't wrong about something I was wrong about and all that. And it took me a long time. Like I, I would like, like I would go to the conferences, not the FSGA, but like these fancy football events that ESPN did when he first came over and he did some in Chicago and Vegas. And I'd go there and I, I was in the audience and asking key questions to him to try to push him uh, into certain, you know, certain things and whatnot. And I'll say like early on in my career, I really didn't appreciate Matthew Barry very much. And, but I, over the course of 18 years working in the industry and work as in working, you know, I have interviewed him many times. I've hung out with Matthew Barry at this point. I will say we're loosely friends or at least good acquaintances at the very least. Do we know who each other are? And um, I respect him at the highest level. He gets a bad rap in a lot of places. All right. And, but what you don't know is what he's had to deal with in front of the scenes, behind the scenes, Karen ESPN, what he's done for fantasy sports in general. Sometimes it's not in our industry. We get really territorial. And I was guilty of this early in my career, especially even later on in my career, very territorial, very judgmental of how good your information is or your analysis may be. And that's half the battle, but it's kind of like we all, love to be a rock star or famous actor or actress or something or a model or whatever. We want to be famous. Let's be honest. But then we don't want to do, we want to be Michael Jordan, but then you watch the last dance and you see Michael Jordan's confined to his hotel room because any, he can never go anywhere, anywhere without being Michael Jordan. And that means cameras and phones and autographs and people yelling at you and liking you and loving you and hating you and, threatening you. I mean, so he's confined to his home and he can't go out. And Matt Barry, maybe not quite Michael Jordan, but in the fantasy community, he is. I've seen this man at FSGA fantasy sports and gaming association events where he's, Oh, they ask him every year. It's hilarious. Every year Matt has to do all this work. And I always wonder like, man, he does all this pro bono. It's not get paid for it or nothing. And sure. They shower him with awards. Um, and that's, you know, a nice compliment for sure. But it's like, he's taking his time to do this and to be the keynote speaker here and to give speeches here and presenter here and do all these things that, you know, take up a lot of time. And he's wanted, you know, he's got a job to do. He's got ESPN wanted him to do articles and work and rankings and charts and projections and all these things over there. Just, you don't see it. And, I'll never be at Matthew Barry's level, I'm sure. But I i don't know how I'd be able to handle myself. And those of you who listen to me for a lot of years know I probably don't have the patience. I've got a pretty good amount of patience, but my temperament isn't that, that I could have put up with it. And everybody asking him for everything in the world. And not only that, I've seen people, even my uh, former coworkers, I don't think any of my current coworkers do, but they, they begged and would suck on his dick just to get it, just to try to, everyone wants to get in on ESPN. Everyone tried to get him to endorse them to help their career. Like that's constant. And it just, it's sickened me to a, to a certain extent. And it, it just shake my head that he gets this all the time. So to do it with the grace and the dignity, the Matthew Barry has done it. 
and at ESPN to be in the forefront of that. And, you know, that, that takes some doing. So shout out to Matt for a great run at ESPN. Um, What's coming next. I happen to know, I think I do know where he's going, um, what he's going to be doing, but uh, I'll save that for him, obviously um, out of much respect, but we'll be seeing plenty of Matt Berry going forward and lots of different locations and look forward to that. I, I think that Matt deserves our respect. You don't have to like him as your favorite analyst. Uh, and as you don't have to like me as your favorite analyst. In fact, I, you know, if you don't, you don't, I mean, that's fine, but you're listening to the podcast, respect the work, expect the journey, ex- respect the journey, respect the dedication, respect the fact that me and I'm leaving a long pause on purpose and Matthew Berry have had to go through things and do things a certain way that some of you may not understand or don't realize. And I know I went into this business with a whole different idea of Matthew Berry than the one I found out. Right. So uh, shout out to Matt for a great career there and onward and upward for him going forward as well. Uh, All right, folks, I think that's going to do it for this episode. We covered a lot of ground, talked Baker Mayfield, we talked Scott Fishbowl draft, two quarterback leagues, uh, the quarterback pairings as well. Talked about birthdays, and I offended a lot of you with that, I'm sure, who are probably celebrating your birthdays coming up or what have you. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I what I do. Remember, FantasyGuru.com, the Fantasy Football Training Camp event, all day long, August 19th, Friday, August 19th. You don't have to attend live. It is on demand. You can come and go as you please throughout that day or any other day. It also gives you a ticket to the Elite Mafia Fantasy Football Championship, uh, multiple 12-team leagues across the entire Fantasy Guru platform, hundreds of leagues. See what you if you can win your league. See if you could take home the overall championship in that contest as well. It's going to be a great time. It's a completely free league with prizes for you to win and to compete against the best and brightest from Fantasy Guru, including all of our analysts as well. So uh, I think it'll be a great event. It's exclusive to the all-in package. You can buy a ticket to the training camp event, as and that will give you a ticket to the Elite Mafia Fantasy Football Championship, but it's going to cost you pretty much the same as what a full-on, full-season, all-in subscription would cost you anyway. So strongly recommend the all in that way you get the off season elite data elite plus podcast, which we have fantasy football podcast, fantasy football strategy podcast going on right now in 50 days, 50 of them from myself and Armando Marsal, Tyler Beaker, Russell Clay, Mike Dempsey, Ted Schuster, Bob Harris, Ray flowers, Kyle Elfrink and Phil Backert. And I think I got everybody in that Ted Schuster. Did I mention Ted? He hates when I leave him out, but uh, Rich Mulatto. Oh, my God, Rich as well. He is the dude, the man in our Discord, constantly answering your questions, helping guide you guys as well. Uh, We're there 24-7 as well in Discord, in our NFL room. Check it out. VIP Platinum with the Daily Fantasy Football and Sports Betting Package available to you now as well. Radio 20 is the promo code for that. Remember, underdogfantasy.com, the place to be. Two million dollars. I mean, that may be a life changer, right? There, there you go. You could uh, win $2 million and go hire myself or Matthew Berry uh, for your dance for you for uh, nickels on the dollar. If you win that best ball, you got to use the promo code elite E L I T E though, with that underdog fantasy 
contest. That way you could draft against me, see what we're doing, making sure that I'm always on the up and up on who I'm advocating for. That's going to do it. Episode 119 in the books. Everybody, happy birthday to me, I guess. And happy birthday to all of you who are celebrating as well. You may disagree with some or everything that you heard on today's show, and it's perfectly all right because it was just one man's opinion. And we'll see you next time, everybody. Deuces!